opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I am here, yours truly, Mr. Jesse Gistand, December 18th, 2023. Seven more days before we engage in the celebration of the Son of the Living God, the incarnation, the mystery of the hypostases. Hypostases is how some of you say it, but hypostases is the typical. Greek construction, Erasmian Greek construction on that, and it's the uh, it's the idea that God uh, brought into Himself humanity, and uh, we have the God Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the mediator between God and man, and the grounds by which we can get back to the Father by the totality of His commitment to us in the redemption of our souls by a life from the womb to the tomb, an impeccable, perfect, spotless, righteous obedience. He is the Lord, our King, you, the Lord, our righteousness. He is the grounds of our acceptance before God. He is the epitome of the fullness of God bodily, and he is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes and the Lord Jesus is the one we celebrate all the time, every day of our lives. If we know him in the pardon of our sins, we really, really do. And we are committed to the reality that there is no other name given among men uh, from heaven by which we might be saved. But the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christo. Jesus Christo, Jesus the Christ, every knee should bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to God the Father of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. We do not believe this to be a myth. We do not believe this to be a fairy tale. We do not believe this just to be a hallmark Christmas story. It is the radical commitment of the triune God for the redemption of lost humanity and the person and work of Christ to redeem a people for himself out of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue called his elect from the beginning of time to the end of time. They are his sheep. They are his people. They are his bride. They are his church. And the book we call the Bible, the Biblios, is the revelation of that glory centered in Jesus, calling all humanity to repentance and faith, both of the Jew and of the Gentile, because he has made peace between us and God so that we have one Lord, one Savior, one faith, one baptism, one gospel, um, and one God and Father of us all, the one true and living God in Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Just thinking about the uh, the opportunity not only to enjoy my grandchildren on this coming Monday, by the way, obviously we do this every two years 
this coming Monday, we will not have a a Monday edition of Lifeline. Neither will we the following Monday, which will be the new year. Um, we will be off uh, to again uh, usher in the new new year with our family, friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, I I hope that your Christmas will be well. I hope that you will um, divest yourself of all of the materialism that this uh, holiday accrues to us. And that's largely because we uh, Americans have drifted so far, far away into all kinds of secular uh, neo-idolatries, uh, just as uh, Israel did in its days where God prospered them and told them, make sure that you don't forget uh, who you are and who you came from and how you got there. And uh, unfortunately, the parallelisms between us and Israel are striking not only ancient history, but even up to to today, I was meditating on um, this this idea, and that is this: um, God bless the journalists who keep it real when they do their work. God bless the journalists who keep it real when they do their work. It was one beautiful Jewish sister. I'll, I'll get her name uh, after the break. Who fundamentally said. Um, it used to be the job of the, the journalists to help establish the reality of things on the ground wherever that journalism would take them. Wherever the, the spokesperson who is called the journalist investigating whatever may be in front of them, good, bad, ugly, their job was to faithfully and legitimately convey to the ears or the eyes that could not be there reality according to what was really going on. But as our dear sister also aptly put it, today, journalism is committed to the altering of reality. The altering of reality. It appears that journalists have learned how to be magicians. They have learned how to pretend to investigate. They have learned how not to expose but cover up, not to reveal but to conceal, to detract, to distract, and to cover over the facts with a, with a kind of mutually agreed pseudo-reality that is piped into them according to who they are representing in terms of their um, their authority source, their authority base, and and, uh, and and the question that you and I are are going to have to continually ask going forward, not only today, not only uh, in the beginning of the year, Lord willing, we get to 2024. The question that you and I are going to continually be asking is: Will the altering of reality as our media engages in it daily win out? Or will reality recover the day so that we can trust our media, trust our uh, journalists, trust our faithfully committed witnesses who on the ground see it for what it is and do not alter the facts but tell you just as it is? That's really the question going forward because the stakes are so high. Uh, the deeper I go into um, these mechanisms, these structures, these systems of information, the more I am aware that really one of the penultimate goals of our power structures in the world 
One of the penultimate goals is to make sure that you are being spoon-fed a narrative that merely comports with the kind of altered reality they want you to have. That's exactly what's going on. So the issue of controlling data and controlling information is massive. It is constituent with the issue of controlling geopolitical uh, uh, atmospheres and, and regions of the world with war. In fact, uh, and information warfare is what you and I have been in for many, many years, and it took on a massive level a few years ago as you and I have been fighting over the uh, pseudo-reality of, um, of the pandemic and all of the altered data and altered information and the altered presentations and the magical appearances of actors on a stage spinning data and spinning information so uh, consistently and so avariciously uh, that, 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 you know, many, many people uh, were subjected to what is called the lies. It used to be a very prominent individual, prominent radio talk show host. His name was Bill O'Reilly. You may know him if you're listening to me. He is one of the defunct uh, radio hosts that uh, was fundamentally caught uh, with his pants down, proverbially speaking, uh, you know, accosting women, which is what was happening for many, many years uh, in the, the power dynamics of, of media, where you had powerful men, uh, if you will, uh, pressing themselves on and, and forcing themselves on the women staffing. Bill O'Reilly got caught up in that. But do you guys remember what he called his program? He called his program the No Spin Zone. The No Spin Zone. He prided himself in getting at the facts, telling the truth, letting you know exactly what was going on. But I'll tell you, and, and, and by the way, a little before that time, there was an era, and I think some of you know it, an era in which media really did hunt down the facts, really did investigate what was behind the valence of hypocrisy, really did pursue to get at the information, even uh, to the degree of being in harm's way, to make sure you and I had somewhat of an understanding of what was going on. Media used to raise the hard questions, bring forth the difficult ideas, really press hard on those who were between us and the facts, if you will, uh, uh, the gatekeepers of the the sources of information on the ground concerning whatever was being investigated at the time. Media used to really challenge that. I'm going to talk about that bit, a bit more after the break because, again, this is this is where you and I are. And I think a really, really good text of scripture to just keep in mind is what our Lord said when he was departing from the temple and instructing the disciples to be careful to know that where iniquity abounds, the hearts of many will wax cold. And he was explaining the danger of you and I being exposed to falsehood, falsehood that was also adjacent to and attached to criminal behavior, covetousness, wickedness, violence, crime, and war. Uh, it can harden the heart and destroy the capacity for one to be empathetic, objective, critical, and brave enough to say that is wrong where you and I are in the midst of the fog of war and betrayal is taking place and sides are being established 
and the narratives are going forth like arrows back and forth. You and I can find our hearts hardening and uh, losing our priority in terms of what really should be the value system that all of us who are called uh, lovers of God and Christians should operate out of. Jesus says, beware that when iniquity abounds, your love will wax cold. We're being challenged at that today. I've got to take a, a break. When I come back, I've got a little bit of a monologue I want to share with you on this idea of altered reality. And then, of course, I'm going to open up the phone lines, one 8 367-5329, We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, December 18th, 17 days before we celebrate the coming into the world of the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, the Son of Mary, the Son of God. Um God of very God and man of very man is the Lord Jesus Christ. A mystery of redemption that the apostle said, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifesting the flesh. He was seen of the angels. He was preached on, uh, uh, to the Gentiles, that's you and me, <clears throat> and received up uh, into glory. This is Paul's theology of the incarnation from the womb to his exaltation to glory, which we look forward to preaching this Sunday. We will be dealing with the condescension of the son of the living God to assume our nature and be obedient even unto the death of the cross in order that he might by that humility be highly exalted, highly exalted, and seated at the right hand of God. And because he did condescend, he also uh, again ascended on high and is Lord of all in spite of people's denial of that. And that particular reality was proclaimed by the apostles. They didn't distort that. They didn't misrepresent who Jesus was, no matter how the liberals would love to argue the point. They received the testimony as it was given to them by Christ. They bore witness to the facts, and they went throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, proclaiming the unvarnished, unerring, infallible truth of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we call the gospel. The gospel is the person and work of Christ, but there was a diabolical entity, a system that was viscerally hostile to the message of the truth, and that was the uh, Jewish people who had fallen prey to a, uh, a Zionist perspective that left off with the reality that their Messiah would be not only the Messiah of the Jews, but of the Gentiles also, and because Christ transcended the strict boundaries of a ethnocentric supremacy. Uh, he was rejected of his own people, largely with the exception of the elect um, who came into the auspices of the kingdom of God in that first century. But you and I know that there is a clear and standing, if you will, optic uh, paradigm conflict narrative in the scriptures around the uh, the coming of Christ and the rejection of Christ by the Jewish people, at least a constituency of it. And uh, it's it's unavoidable 
Uh, even today, the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. The world was made by him, but the world knew him not. And we have taught this forever, that men and women will never by their own nature comprehend, uh, perceive, and receive by human nature, by fallen human nature, the reality of who Christ is. He must be revealed to you by the spirit of the living God in the preaching of the gospel. And God does that in his own time. Uh, and in its own way, illuminates the heart to the reality of who Jesus is. But there is a fierce battle and has been since church history has been in existence for the last 2,000 years now around the, the person and work of Christ. Who is he? And there are all kinds of imposters who have uh, sought to alter reality and alter the facts. And that's why I stated in my opening commentary that I am absolutely thankful for there being all sorts of journalists and authors and writers who are committed to telling the truth in a world that is given to lies and given to altered reality. That is a major warfare scenario, a major scene of conflict, a major theater of, uh, of uh, ongoing assault on the hearts and minds of humanity. Psychologists know this well. Psychiatrists know this well. Uh, uh, cognitive science knows this well. Mankind is prone to deception. I mean, massively prone to deception. And if there aren't voices contradicting, voices of oppositional narratives, voices that are coming from another perspective, seeking to penetrate penetrate the bubble as one dear sister weighing in on what's going on over in Israel has so clearly and concisely said it. She works uh, in, in humanitarian aid for, uh, for, for, um, for societies in the Middle East who are constantly suffering from poverty and, uh, and, and war and genocide. And what she said was, there is a constant need to bust the bubble of alternative reality when your magicians get behind the microphone and start talking to frame for people, spoon feeding people what they want you to hear. You need people who know how to bust the bubble of alternative reality so that the epiphany of what's really going on can show up. I was just watching a presentation where um, the uh, the US, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was having a meeting with Yoav Gallant, one of the Israeli uh, military leaders, and, and, and uh, Austin's standing there with the American flag and the the, the Jewish flag, and they're both standing there. And as you know, American uh, representatives are constantly, you know, going to say, we're with Israel. We are here to support Israel and we'll always be down with Israel no matter what. That's the information that you get up front. And as I'm listening to the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, I'm thinking about how much he, as well as Biden, lied to the American people when it came to the COVID thing. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about how he was uh, made sick by the jab when he took it in and had to uh, stay away quite a while. I'm thinking about him standing there and as he's reading off a script to the uh, Jewish uh, 
of reporters, because he's doing the same thing that they do in Washington. As he's reading off the script, you can hear him struggling to narrate the script with a measure of uh, normalcy, organic expression, even agreement. It, it, it comes off as if he's really struggling to say it because he doesn't fully believe in what he was saying. And that's what goes on when you have a non-professional uh, uh, magician journalist reading a script. What you get with the journalist that you and I are um, uh, sadly beholden to listen to MSNBC and Fox News and CNN News and all of these cats, they're all pros at the magic. They all practice the script every day so they can let it run off their lips as they as they alter reality with their narratives. But as I'm looking at uh, Mr. Austin, Lloyd Austin, guess who my mind went back to? It went back to Colin Powell. And I remember the days in which Colin Powell was the other sort of African-American puppet that was put up there by, by uh, the Democrats to, to show how much equity we have in our country and how he was set up by a false narrative too. And he was boldly proclaiming that we have every reason to believe that there are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq for which we need to go in there and uh, liberate the people and bring democracy to that part of the world. Uh, he was the spokesperson for George W. Bush. You guys remember that? It was an exciting time for our 9-11 some 20 plus years ago. And I, I see the full circle of that optic, that image, that, that expression. But I know now what happened back then with, uh, with Colin Powell, how he struggled enormously with the spin doctor move that was going on in Washington. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more um, to share with you why it's so important to have legitimate journalists that post the, the bubble of alternative uh, narratives, alternative realities, so that uh, the common people on the ground can have at least a scintilla of hope and maybe uh, having their intuitions affirmed, having their sense of suspicion, having their sense of cynicism affirmed because you're not crazy when you go, hmm, that doesn't seem right. Here we are 20-something years later, and we've got Lloyd Austin <laughs> and Joe Biden running things, the spin doctors of this Neo 9-11 going on in Palestine. I am going to talk to you about that. one 367 one Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are at the time 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline on this December 18th, 2023. I will be opening the phone lines in a minute. So if you want to get in line, the number is one 367 You can ask me any question you want to. We can cover a lot of different topics if you uh, feel the need to want to query yours truly about something that is going on in your life on the larger uh, personal level, spiritual level, social level, et cetera, one 367 We can do that. I remember in the days of my absolute naivete around politics, this was again some 23 years ago, 
22 to be exact, 2001, um, when um, I actually did believe in the Republican Party. Um, I had, obviously, as an African-American, a predisposition towards the Democratic Party until I came to Christ. I rather Christ came to me, and the revelation of his glory put me on a trajectory of pursuing the truth. That's what he said. In John chapter 8, 31, if you are my disciples, you will continue in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth that Christ was talking about is not limited to theological truth. It is a truth that penetrates deeply into all affairs of the world since he said, that is my Savior. He was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by him. And when a soul is exercised in biblical truth accurately so that you learn discernment through thy precepts, do I get understanding? Therefore, I hate every false way. You begin to discern. You begin to detect trends and systems of evil. And when the Lord Jesus had by his own labors among his own people uh, fiercely fought the false narratives that were constantly coming out of the mouth of the Pharisees and the, uh, the, uh, the Sadducees, the, the, the priestly caste of the Jewish people at that time. What we learned by him is that truth um, pursued requires a valiancy and commitment to it because people by nature don't like it. They don't care for it. And the church is uh, fit to be tied to be committed to truth claims in the same way in which Jesus was, John uh, the Baptist, all the prophets, and then, of course, the apostles. They were truth tellers. They were journalists, if you will. And Jesus is the quintessential journalist because he says no man has ascended into heaven at any time. That means you and I don't have any idea of what divine reality is in and of ourselves. Only he who came from heaven, that is the Lord Jesus, and who also is in heaven at the same time while he was on the earth being both God and man, that is the Lord Jesus. He can testify to the truth. That's why he's called the tr true and faithful witness. The faithful and true witness is Jesus. That's the language in the book of Revelation concerning him. And if you're in Christ, you and I are called to be true and faithful witnesses too. You and I are not called to distort reality. You and I are not called to bend the truth. You and I are not called to, to submit to systems of lies, falsehood, errors. That is idolatry. I remember distinctly during that time as I was grappling with biblical truth to be able to discern where are we at in the politosphere, political world in which we were living at that time. Again, at that time, the Bushes had come into power. I was extremely naive of George H. Bush, the senior, extremely naive of his connection with the CIA and him being a globalist and him vividly saying that we need to establish a new world order, completely oblivious, because I wasn't raised up under solid theologians, scholars, who understood that the kingdoms of this world are kingdoms of darkness with systems of teachings that are diametrically opposed to a biblical worldview. And the preacher and the pastor and the teacher needs to know those systems well to warn the sheep against them. Very few of the uh, uh, 
teachers, theologians, pastors, scholars with whom I frequented had a robust worldview. Most of them collapsed either into the right, and most of my upline pastors and, and, and teachers were uh, conservative, so they would they would they would walk fundamentally in lockstep with your conservative views, obviously, right? Biblically speaking, particularly 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but every now and then I'd run into an oxymoronic theologian who could be fairly uh, solid in the scriptures, but hold a much more liberal view. I did not know that there was an independent view of which I am operating out of now for many, many years, an independent uh, uh, individual who fundamentally disregards the two-party system because of so many truncated ideas that overlap on both sides. I remember distinctly struggling in the Iraq war because I wanted to believe George W. Bush because he was from Texas too, and he had a Bible. He, you know, he he uh, he started that faith-based ministry. You know, no child left behind. All of those good sort of charitable uh, uh, programs that came in with George W. Bush, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves fighting a, another war. I'm like, whoa. What are we doing here? It was the liberals who said the Republicans always like to fight wars. Well, in reality, they both do. I don't know a liberal once they enter into the uh, executive branch that's not fighting a war as well. Look at the records. They all do because they're all set up as puppets to advance American interests, quote unquote, around the world through war through war, of which our precious taxpayer dollars have to be uh, confiscated from us to that shameful end. But I remember distinctly wanting to believe George W. Bush that we have uh, good good advice. We have it on good advice. And that was, uh, that was Colin Powell standing up there. They put him up there, African-American brother, uh, uh, you know, high-ranking officer in the military to tell us with a very, you know, straightforward voice we, 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 we have it on good report that uh, there are weapons of mass destruction in, uh, in Iraq. That's grounds for us to go in and to, um, to deliver the Iraqi people to democracy. Wanted to believe it, wanted to believe it, wanted to believe it. But uh, a dear brother pulled my coattail many, many years ago on the mornings with Joe and Jesse. Uh, as he called in and he said, you know, I appreciate your theology, young man. Here is the thing you have to understand. Politics is a smoke and mirror system. You're going to have to get behind uh, the Republican Party and see what they are really doing. I didn't want to pay him no attention until the media did something for me then that it does not do now. It actually investigated George W. Bush's claims. See, because before, and you know how this goes, if the media is for the executive branch, for the presidency, then the media is going to cover you and protect you and hide you and continue to perpetrate a fraud about who you are, i.e. Um, uh, the Clintons, i.e. Obama, uh, i.e. Joe Biden. And, and if they're against you, they're going to do everything to dig up all kind of dirt against you they could. Well, that's what they did on George W. Bush. And I, I it was Bush himself, like most uh, presidents do. They they show their colors behind uh, closed doors. And there was one time when there was a video camera running and the mic was on and George W. Bush was sitting 
at a dinner and he was looking under the table because he loved to crack jokes. I don't mind that crack a joke here or there. Humor is absolutely wonderful and necessary in crazy times like these. But he was looking under the table and then he came up from under the table. You might remember that one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. And he said, I'm still looking for those weapons of mass destruction. I can't seem to find them yet. And, and at that point, at that point, I said, Wow. Here he is mocking what many of the allegations on the left were saying about him and about his administration. And uh, our boys are dying by the tens of thousands along with the Iraqi people who had nothing to do with 9-11. We know that for a fact now because Colin Powell, before he died, admitted that he was lied to. And y'all know what happened, right? Cheney and Rumsfeld and Bush circumvented the DOD, the FBI, the CIA, and uh, hired a brother over there in, uh, in, in Iraq, uh, in Arab. And that Arab was a scumbag. And he was known all over the world for lying and hoodwinking and stealing millions and millions of dollars. He, he, he bamboozled the, the Bushes, Cheney, Rumsfeld for something like $35 million. Y'all didn't hear about that, did you? No, you won't. You won't hear about that stuff until somebody busts the bubble and the altered reality that you fall prey to when you are trapped by the party spirit um, is brought to your attention. Well, we can do that now. I can tell you that. We can do that with, with, with Biden. We can do that with Netanyahu. It's all out. I'll share with you another piece of information for which I don't buy the present narrative going down between Washington and uh, the Israeli state. Love my Jewish brother, but uh, our, our leadership is uh, full of hot air. I'll share with you one element of that. Uh, when we come back from the break, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Remember, if you are his disciples, you will continue in his word. The truth you shall know, and it will set you free. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are back. It's 550. 10 minutes to go in this segment. The number is one 888 We'll definitely get into the phone calls in the second hour. As I was saying uh, a bit ago about the importance of good journalism, true journalism, faithful journalism, piercing through the bubble of altered reality that is presented to you by your uh, legacy media outlet, um, it was definitely an eye-opener to catch George W. Bush in an out-and-out confession of having fabricated the whole weapons of mass destruction. And as I stated, to, to do that at the cost, I think we lost somewhere like 50,000 men uh, in that war. Um, those numbers are outrageous, aren't they? And that's, that's why I raised the question, how do you... How do you walk away from something so catastrophically, um, so catastrophically devastating in terms of casualties, in terms of collateral damage of human beings, and just kind of forget about how do you do that as a human being? How do you do it as a nation? That's what Jesus meant in Matthew 24, verse 12, when he says, where iniquity abounds, and, and we can cover different platforms, different foundations, different structures, different 
angles in which iniquity, iniquity uh, embeds itself and then manifest the fruits of a covetous society, the fruits of a lying society, the fruits of an angry society, the fruits of a divided society, the fruits of a secular society, because that's exactly what the disciples were challenging when Jesus ascended on high and they went forth to preach the gospel. They penetrated into the Jewish system who were colonized by the Roman Empire in that first century uh, AD 33 and told them that Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> that message didn't go well because they didn't want a spiritual Jesus. They wanted a political Messiah to help them win political uh, battles and political wars. And so uh, the message of the apostles was not received and they continued altering reality up to today. And, and just as we did in our 9-11, we purchased and bought. This is by good advice from legitimate men who worked in Washington. One ex-CIA agent made it very clear in his historiography of being part of the uh, Bush-Cheney era, part of the Clinton uh, era uh, with Al Gore, uh, making it very clear that um, the executive branches hoodwinked DOD, uh, the um, uh, DOJ and the CIA uh, to circumvent them with information so that they could uh, do an in run to make tons of money over in the Middle East. Well, in the same way in which the Bushes created their enemies, and, and that was fundamentally Al Qaeda, everybody knows it now. We, we funded them, we, we trained them, CIA trained them. Uh, and funded them and groomed them and then uh, turned around and made them the monster that we need to fight and then scared everybody in the world as if those Al-Qaeda uh, terrorists, terrorists, there's your word again, are everywhere, you, everywhere ubiquitously. And then all of a sudden, out of fear, we're capitulating to actually serve that cause. And it was just absolutely amazing to me that um, that now people are coming out who were part of that and saying, absolutely, that was a complete scam. The CIA and the uh, executive branch always is engaged in grooming, uh, grooming scenarios by infiltrating uh, camps and supporting terrorists. Well, guess what? Same thing is going on with Hamas. I told you several weeks ago that Hamas was bought and paid for both by American money as well as by Israeli money. So it just came out. Israel drove suitcases stuffed with cash into Gaza to keep Hamas in power. Israel drove suitcases stuffed with cash into Gaza to keep Hamas in power. This didn't happen years ago. This was just recently. Israel tacitly encouraged Hamas to stay in power, according to the New York Times, which, you know, they're liberal and they're telling the truth. In some cases, Israeli support was more obvious. Israeli security forces would help escort millions of dollars in funds into Gaza, helping Hamas. Israeli officials are facing backlash after years of Prime Minister Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu quietly allowing Hamas to re remain in power. The calculus, the Times reported on Sunday, citing Israeli officials, Netanyahu's critics, and the man's own reported statements was to keep Hamas strong enough to counteract the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank, allowing Netanyahu to avoid a two-state peace solution and keep both sides weak. There's a bigger conversation there, but what it fundamentally means 
Is that because Netanyahu is a Zionist? The goal is to get rid of the Palestinians so they can create a greater Israel. Now, you're not going to hear this in your mainstream media because nobody with any sense that has a heart would want to see 2 million people displaced because of a crazy megalomaniac agenda on the part of the Zionists, except crazy, you know, blinded Zionist Christians. And, and this is why you don't hear the term Palestinian, Palestinian, Palestinian used. It's always Hamas and Gaza. This is a tactic in, in, in speech control where you minimize and disappear real people. Because see, the people that are being killed over there, you guys, are Palestinians, women and children. And whether you know it or not, the vast majority of those Palestinians are young women and children because their mamas and daddies have been killed by the thousands over the years prior. You probably don't know about that either, but that's what's going on. You know, supposedly the aim for Netanyahu was to destroy Hamas. That's what we said about destroy ISIS, destroy Al-Qaeda, destroy the Taliban. Guess what? Joe Biden needs to answer the question, how did he pull out of Afghanistan a few weeks ago and leave hundreds of Americans over there to be slaughtered by the Afghanistanians? But you see, your major media outlet won't hold him accountable because they're into altering reality. Do the dirt, make the money, plunder societies, strip lands, control resources, and, and, and make us pay for it with our tax dollars. And then once you have committed the crime, walk away and, and don't ever talk about it again. Shh. And BB Netanyahu was doing the same thing. Now all of a sudden, the greatest monster on earth uh, in the land of Israel is Hamas. Hamas is horrible and wretched and terrible. Okay, okay. So was ISIS. So was Al-Qaeda. So was the Taliban. Who's going to be next? Will we ever be honest about our Dr. Frankenstein systems of development behind closed doors of making monsters and then pretending to be both the victims and the heroes and, uh, and, and plunder the resources of, of the West to go out on these campaigns? I remember the era of the Bushes. You know what the um, GDP was? Um, we were into tens of billions of dollars, and we were uh, trying to balance the budget at that time. And uh, we were we 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 weren't that far from balancing the budget. In fact, after after Bush left, we were into a surplus. Uh, we are into trillions of dollars. And we're still taking tens of billions of dollars and supporting Ukraine. By the way, Ukraine is dead. It's done. We're still being lied to that alter, uh, alter, altered reality is coming through the pipeline telling you that Ukraine can win this war. They can't win this war. And from data that I'm getting, the Israelis are actually having real trouble with Hamas on the ground. And you don't know that. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we uh, bringing our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren into massive, unheard of debt to the tune of 
multi-trillions of dollars. Where are we going to get that money from when the world is reeling right now from economic woes? Well, I can tell you what this is all about. This is about the reset, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Built on lies. Now, the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. So we can keep lying all we want to, and you can keep buying the lie. Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. From, from what I'm hearing about all of the experts that are consistently committed to truth-telling across the economic scale, across the social scale, across the geopolitical scale, is that 2024 is going to be a really problematic year, a real problematic year. If I had time, I'd talk to you about EMPs. It's a kind of warfare that destroys your infrastructure of uh, communications and technology which is uh, a threat for 2024. You've heard it before, but you probably don't believe it because the lights have never went off really in America. They go off in different countries because of this type of warfare. China knows how to do it. Russia did it with Ukraine. He, they cut the lights off in Ukraine all the time to let them know they can block Ukraine out from the world and nobody will know when they go in there to destroy them. And uh, you're not even hearing any of that. And right now, we're 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 very dangerously in that same same predicament and vulnerability in America because of a failure of our government to take care of home first. Really interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Okay, on the other side of this break, when we come back. We'll take your phone calls, have a conversation before we take two weeks break. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are at 607 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. one 367 All the lines are open. Now, remember, we're going to be off for two weeks. So if you want to get a conversation in, you've got a question, you've got a concern, an observation, let's have the conversation now. one 367 one lot to talk about. Let's get it because you know you're going to miss, miss PJ for two weeks if you don't call now. <clears throat> I'm, I'm hoping that you definitely have a good time taking a break and, and just enjoying life and getting ready for 2024. And, and pray for me because I tell you, as I get the data, I still have this platform. Just gonna let you know what's going down. I don't, I don't particularly, as I was teaching our congregation last uh, on on this Sunday uh, out of First Kings twenty two, Micaiah was the only faithful prophet prophet willing to tell Ahab the truth about his wickedness. Ahab had hired him and his wife Jezebel, all kinds of false prophets that would agree with the king and agree with his agenda and simply sign off on what he wanted to do. And that that's always a dangerous sign when your churches simply agree with their political structures. It is an indication that they have been muzzled from the truth of God's word. Very seldom in the history of the world does the church sit in agreement with the government and the church not be apostate and according to the Bible, a kind of spiritual harlot that does the bidding of uh, hoodwinking the message of masses of naive religious folk. That's why Karl Marx called them the opiate of the, the masses, because 
the Catholic Church, the other systems, high churches, all state-sanctioned churches that uh, mandate that you simply sign off on what your government does is, is a harlot system. Uh, to have a faithful proclaimer of truth is to be a true witness, to be a biblical prophet, and almost all the prophets spoke against the leadership of governments because the leadership of governments always depart from the word of God, the law of God, the rule of God and what they do. And they tell everybody that they serve God, but they do not comply with God's word when they do what they do. And that's true of our government as well. And yet you do not hear the preachers speaking out against the atrocities, travesties, wickedness, and evils of our government. You can pray for them for sure, but you must do what God told Jeremiah to do. Stand in the gate and show my people their transgressions. Have not I sent thee? He told Ezekiel, do not fear their faces. We don't have that today. We have endorsers of political sides, and they're just court jesters, and they're deceived. Let's go to line number one and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hello, PJ? Hey, what's going on there? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I was just, um, you know, I was just speaking. First, I just wanted to ask you a, a quick question. Have you ever heard of this book called The Underground Empire? Uh, it was a book I was reading back in the 80s before I uh, really surrendered to the Lord. And the thesis of the book was where crime and government uh, embrace. You know, and whereas I didn't, I wasn't where you were, but I was finding out some things about Bush then. But that's just something I wanted to put out there, The Underground right. Empire. Now, do you remember the author? <laughs> No, I you know no I knew you was gonna ask me that. No, I don't. But I'm gonna look it up. I'm yeah, look yeah, it up. yeah. No, well, well, that was an era. That time was an era, exactly like I was saying, where uh, journalism was uh, was committed to exposing falsehood and exposing error. And remember, the Bushes were not popular with the media. And as a consequence, they went hard after the Bushes because we know that the Bushes matriculate way up into the money bearing. They, they matriculate way up into the systems of, uh, of the deep state as well as uh, the globalists. And as we know, uh, George Bush Sr. was a CIA um, official, uh, head of the CIA, and they, uh, they moved him into the presidency because they didn't want the alternative. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the alternative potential president at the time, but the powers that be did not want the alternative. They needed a company man. And so Bush Sr. Uh, went in there after Reagan and continued to set up the globalist agenda, which we're operating out of now. Then it was called Goals 2000, Agenda 21. And, and most of that system is entrenched now. The only thing that we're working through now is what is called Agenda uh, 2030, as you, you and I know so well, that is the end game for, for the globalists. So over the next seven years, a lot of uh, destabilization and a lot of chaos disruption is supposed to take place on a global scale to move us into uh, the digital world of uh, biosecurity surveillance and absolute authority over over um, over incomes, uh, in, at least in the West and probably larger portions of the world as well. 
Um, but yeah, they 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 were they were getting at it. They're not getting at it today. Um, so so what else? What are, what other thoughts do you have? Well, two other ones. Uh, the the first one is is interesting that you that we're speaking about the journalism. I do believe that there's. A few, I mean, we know there's some out there, but we know they're also being censored. But I've also taken the time of kind of you may have caught it too. A few of the uh, the president's press conference with the press secretary of KGP, how she there's certain people she won't answer. You know, when, right. when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the you know to the press, and you may have been, I know you probably been privy to that. Yeah. And finally, as we were talking about uh, alternative uh, reality, where I spent. Uh, the middle part of my day filling out the t- my 20 k- 20 page uh, jury duty questionnaire and that was a pretty wow. interesting questionnaire <laughs> I, wow. I had to laugh I'm like okay so they're asking questions like basically it comes down to are oh, are you going to be truthful you know <laughs> as a juror and I'm like well of course and then and then at the end if you answer yes explain now what does it explain about telling the truth that's that's all that is is a um, composite of your character to get more information to create your avatar. You already know that. This is data gathering to create a simulation of who you are because there's such massive, massive uh, gathering of people's information in order to be able to, through algorithms of AI, artificial intelligence, know your every move, know your every thought and and be able to uh, dictate and predict um, your your behavior. That's just gather data gathering. It has no validity whatsoever. It never should even be the twenty pages. That's ridiculous. Well, I think they were trying to figure out why, because uh, of course you really can't talk about the case. It actually they were kind of based on the case. You know, it's like I can give generic ones out there. Well, whether or not whether I'm going to believe the police just because they're the police. No, if you're in there to look at the evidence, you're in there to look at the evidence. That's it. That that's what determines the case. And who can you know do a better job presenting? I've always been kind of all about the system because you you take oaths to get down to tell the truth, and then they spend the rest of the time trying to eliminate what truths they're going to allow in there. I've always thought that was kind of ironic. No, I I totally agree. No, again, again, this here is data farming for the purpose of categorizing what kind of person you are. And most people are more than willing to give up every piece of information they possibly can. But this, again, this is not about the outcome of that court case. They they can easily manipulate the outcome of that court case without knowing very much at all uh, about you. They can give you five questions that would fundamentally put you in a state of perjuring of the court system. If, if you're lying, they can make that as simple as they used to in time past, uh, you know, 20, 30 uh, questions and deep probing questions and what type of questions all that's about data farming so that they can you know they can actually uh, plug you into the system and and have something to say about you in in the future listen i got to take a hard break um thanks for the call my dear brother two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine you're listening to the monday edition of lifeline love to hear from you we'll be right back To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. We're back with time 621 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Looks like our lines are filling up. I think I do have one more 
one more line, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One more line. Uh, then a dear brother asked me a question about what to do in 2024 um, if things hit the fan uh, and and how should we deal with that? I, I really appreciate that question because uh, Americans are not largely prepared for a blackout. There was a, a movie that has just been featured by the Obamas. I know some of you guys know about it. <clears throat> And people have been able to see a preview of it. And it's exactly about that, EMPs knocking out the grid and putting people in the dark. And Obama felt a certain way about it and said something about it. Now, many of us that understand the uh, government controlling the narrative and using Hollywood to do predictive programming is all about <clears throat> fencing you in psychologically and putting you in a position where you uh, comply because your brain is already preconditioned by having already seen it in a movie, cartoon, or some mode of narrative. This is called predictive program. It sets you up uh, to unreal uh, what's taking place so that you don't do the appropriate thing to divest yourself from the web of that event. So that I haven't seen that particular new uh, movie that uh, Obama has basically featured, but presidents are obligated also to participate in predictive programming because the goal of government is to lie to its citizens in order to alter reality, in order to get the citizens to comply with what they want them to do. I've taught you that before. Even Israel did that when it came to the death of Christ. They paid to lie about what happened to him after the resurrection. Uh, and, and to this day, as Matthew puts it, they uh, the statement is they took his body and we don't know where they have put it. That's why your Bible is so germane, because it actually gives you these eternal principles in those historical contexts, which are eternal principles that apply across uh, the regions of time, even to the present day. Let me see here. I'm going to start on line number two with JV. JV on line number two, uh, what say ye, sir? Hey, are you there, Bill? Yeah, how are you? Good, man. Good to talk with you again. It's been a while. You too. What's your thoughts, man? Yes, it's been like a long time. What have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, man. Uh, well, I just want to let you know that I'm out here tracking with you still hey, all the time. Of course. Of I course. Can't, I can't always uh, catch you in real time on Mondays, but I listen to you, uh, you know, when I can, like at work and stuff. So what's going but, on um, in your region? <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff overall. You know, just getting, okay. trying to uh, enjoy the Christmas season, the lead up and everything, you know. Amen. Amen. It's been good. I love it. Good, man. Amen. Good. Talk so to me. I wanted what, to call in because, sorry. I was saying, talk to me. What's your thoughts? Okay. I wanted to uh, call in and just say what's up, let you know I'm still out here for one. Yes. But uh, I also wanted to respond to a a couple of things that you said one about um emp and black yes 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 and then also just a thought about um conspiracies because you talked about it being you know it's all about the reset which i agree with 100 percent because i've been looking at this picture for about 16 years or so you know the whole yeah. new world order reset all that kind of thing um just something to kind of share with the audience in general you talked about 911 and um, the the October 7th thing and the connection that they're they're saying that they're making there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, if we go by their story, those are conspiracies. They're saying yes. that one conspiracy is believable, right. their version of it. Yeah. But if we happen to say it's a conspiracy and we point to the other terrorists who are like in positions of power, then it's a conspiracy theory. So that's like just something I wanted to kind of throw out there to get people to think about. Yeah, that's a logic principle. It's very good. Logic principle. And that's what they do. They project onto society. Uh, uh -huh. a, a, this is the ball is in your court. Can you handle what we just did in our projection? Like you said, it's a it's a um, it's a argument by a negation. They're saying that we don't get to we don't get to actually express theories of conspiracy, but we do. They do. They get yeah. to they get to express them, and you can only you can only echo what they say, or else your conspiracy theory is invalid. It's false. It's unacceptable. Totally got it. That's right. Yeah. So basically, Hamas is a conspiracy according to them, yeah. and Al Qaeda was a conspiracy according to them. But if we say Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and all that other kind of stuff, then it's it's insanity, right? Agreed. Okay, so just wanted to point that out. Uh, the other thing about the EMP blackouts in cities, right? I'm old enough to remember, I mean, a lot of us, I'm, I'm like 48. Um, in, two, in the early 2000s, New York City had a total blackout for, I don't remember how long, but I think it was like a day or two. I remember the that. city went down. Yeah. Also, I think it was the very same year London went down completely, and I happened to be in Europe in 2003, and I was boarding a train to go from Venice to Rome, and there was a delay, like a two- or three-hour delay, because apparently Rome had a blackout, too. So I find it very curious that there were three very large international cities that were blacked out all within a very short time frame, I want to say like a year. And I think at the time, people were kind of go, it was the whole terrorism um, era of after 9-11. After, uh, and right. so, there, you know, all that was on the news all the time was like terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. But it could be that this was a test, a test run for maybe something that they may try to do again. And a retired CIA agent or uh, a retired uh, DOJ or a retired uh, executive branch officer would be wide open to telling you that your last theory is so. It was a balloon test. They 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 do these kind of operations years in advance uh, oh, yeah. before they would employ them on a larger scale. We we know that for a fact. And and Russia just did it recently with Ukraine. Uh, that's a longer story, but Russia blacks out nations. Two uh, and particularly nations that are represented by um, NATO, um, are yeah by NATO and, and, and American interests to let us know because Russia has a much more advanced arsenal of weaponry than we here in America do, and uh, as well as China. So that's why I think Obama put that 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 movie out in order to let people know this is the next stage of warfare that's about to take place therefore let us be your rescuers yeah well it's what's your, it's, what's, what's, it's what's your other thought? dialectic too bro 
Of course. Of course, you know it's always it's always Hegel's dialectic. It's always thesis. Uh, antithesis and then consensus is always a shakedown of the you know oppositional narrative to advance their ultimate goals. It, this, it's always that case. That's why you have to rise above the party line and see things from a broader perspective so that you can have the flexibility of moving into the landscape of truth and, and, and lodging on truth rather than lodging on party lines, which of course is what you're doing, JB. Listen, man, thanks for the call, you you actually sound really good, uh, and, and I'm glad you're jamming out there, um, out in the Petaluma area where uh, our good brothers and sisters are. And and don't don't be a stranger in the new year too, because people really benefit when we are able to speak from a place of you know having gone into the rabbit holes and and covered the data and seeing history come to pass up to this present point. We wouldn't be talking like we're talking if we didn't uh -huh. see the manifestation of, like you said, 20 years of observation. We're looking at the structures of uh, global control being uh, established as we speak. This is not a Johnny-come-lately concept, and you know, people need to wake up to these realities. Yeah. Can I say one more thing real quick on that? Yes, sir. Okay, so I know you're out here blowing the trumpet and trying to wake people up. And I think that that's great. And I don't think you should stop. And I encourage you, I, I appreciate and respect that. Um, but I think that also just the fact that those of us who are awake and have been awake need to just keep talking to each other. And by doing that, I think in effect, that will wake people up also. I, no, that's what I just stated. You just echo what I just stated. That's why I said, don't wait for a whole year to call. <laughs> Be, okay, because well, yeah, because what needs to occur, JB, is just the dialogue and conversation. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna put a, a wedge into the door that I'm opening when I talk, and then another person is gonna put another wedge, and that light is gonna transmit out to somebody that's listening. That's what that's what gospel is all about. That's what gospel yeah. is all about. Listen, thank you for for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a break. When I come back, I'll pick up Lisa. And then Teresa, we've got two lines open, one 329 You're listening to the George Ori program. No, you're not. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We are indeed back. The time is 6.36. We've got about 15 minutes in total to have conversation with four people. The lines are full. Great. Let's go to line one and talk with Lisa on line one. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Can you hear me? Okay. I can, I, I can hear you. Hi, Lisa. Wonderful. Hi. I normally catch you during the rush hour driving home, but I want to let you know that I always tune in to your broadcast. Yes. and um, your ministry broadcast, and I encourage so many people to do the same. Um, this year has been unprecedented in what type of the gospel reaching people. Um, I think it's critical, uh, and I fully agree with your pre the previous caller, uh, JV, uh, with, yes. you know, with how, to, how we can further, um, you know, as Christians and as a nation get a grasp on on these things that are happening so i do want to say thank you and just in short um honestly 
at this point, let the cards fall where they may, because at the end of the day, God is in control, and we have to stand strong in our faith in that, because I, um, I live by myself, and, um, you know, it's easy to be overwhelmed by what is happening and uh, the future of our nation for our children, but at the end of the day, God will prevail, amen. Um, I that's the only message that I have for this Christmas season, uh, just despite what is, all is going on. Man can create whatever scenario he wants, but at the end of the day, we know where. We know who our God is and what he's pulled us through and what he will continue to pull us through. So I, I do want to say that as my, you know, as my part, um, I hope to catch the remaining uh, programs towards the end of the year, which I always do, and um, do feel very honored to be part of uh, your radio ministry. Thank you, Lisa. Excellent. Great, great call there. And of course, the pillow upon which our conscience rests as the people of God in a topsy-turvy world is the sovereignty of God. That's the pillow that we rest upon. We still must be alert. We must be discerning. We must um, speak up. We must um, do what we can to present the truth in the different contexts in which people might be snared and trapped. That's called love. It's called intervention. It's not sitting on the sidelines. But it does also require our uh, mutual discourse and dialogue. That's what Lisa's doing. That's what JB did. That's what James did. Let's see what Teresa has to say on line three. Teresa, are you there? Teresa, on line number three, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Teresa. Can we help you? How are you? Hello. Can Hello? you hear me? Can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, what's your thoughts? Okay, so Pastor Jesse, just a question kind of um wow listening to what the uh, gentleman ahead was talking about on conspiracy and um you were also saying you know um global control i just want to know what are your thoughts on the um self-driving cars or is it's okay to be like girl please you just trip it but um like it's been bothering me with these cars that's like self-driving for one i'm not like fond of the whole um electrical cars because i feel like it's another way to control us as well by the push of a button depending on us being dependent on electricity with those type of cars but i feel like it's a way of invading our privacy because every time i turn around i see those cars those self-driving cars with the cameras all on it and I'm like, wow, I feel like it just got a picture of me. Now I see it again, like it's a way to get a picture of my whole family as if my private is my privacy is constantly being invaded. Like something like how you were speaking about in Israel with the drones and how they've been um, controlling, you know, the Palestines and their invasion of privacy and what they've been doing for the longest. So is that something like I'm just, thinking like you tripping thinking too hard like as if they just trying to identify and uh take pictures of us or is it just really a self-driving car to see 
if, you know, technology can really work these cars without a human being behind it. Yeah, um, no, that is both. It's both. It's both. So and the self-driving cars that you see on the road with the unit camera, with the uh, Omni camera on it, it's, 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 it's tracking with satellites. It's mapping out territory. It's looking at different uh, behavior patterns in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. They're all over the Bay Area. They're in San Francisco. They're in the East Bay, South Bay, et cetera. This is how they are going to determine the behavior of vehiculists so that when self-driving cars become much more prolific, the self-driving car will have a history of the behavior of vehicles around us. That's why they're they're doing that. Uh, that's that's by design to map out and know the other cars around you. But yes, we're slated, particularly California, uh, by the foolishness of our governor to to have um, you know electric cars <clears throat> uh, and nothing but electric cars by by 2030-35, and ultimately. Um, you know, putting uh, putting uh, self-driving cars into play uh, for the whole nation and the world. If they have their way, if they have their way and there are ways in which it can be done. So your impulse, Teresa, to be concerned about uh, loss of control, you ought to. When, when God created you, he created you in his image and agency is not to be given up easily uh, unless you don't unless one does not believe that he or she is created in the Imago Dei and has a right to their destiny, their freedom, and their agency, and that government does not have the right to invade, control, dominate, take over your life um, without your permission. Um, and so this one here is really about them invading for control. I mean, we can go, we can have a deep conversation about the bio uh, security state that's happening right now all around us. It will be pervasive as we continue to um, be quiet and, and let it happen. And, and unfortunately, most people are predisposed right now to the nanny state. In other words, it's a mentality that says, if the government thinks about it and puts it in play, it must be good. So until we create and produce human beings who are uh, skeptical of their government because of the incompetency and malfeasance of human beings who are tragically under um, educated in a real global balance. That's where we are in our nation. That's where we are. That, this is the dangerous, embarrassing thing that Israel found out. They've got cameras up the yang yang, all kinds of technology, and they were asleep behind the wheel. And Hamas did something that they never thought could occur. And they failed to remember that their Bible, the Torah says, except the Lord watch the watchman waketh in vain. And so we can watch and the enemy can still come in and get us because we have been presumptuous and have not submitted to the Lord. A lot of that is really about our rebellion against God. There's no protection apart from the grace and mercy and kindness of God. And if we live against in rebellion against God, we're gonna always have an enemy breaking the hedge and coming in. Yes, we need to be concerned, but we don't need to be afraid. Yes, we need to be observant and watchful, uh, but we don't need to be fearful. We need to be informed. That's what has to happen. So, you know, pray for any kind of alternative media outlet ministry that's willing to talk about these things straightforward as I am doing and have done for years and pray for me for the year 20. 24 that I'm able to expand this kind of discourse because you're not going to get this 
largely from a pastoral standpoint, almost anywhere, particularly in uh, liberal California. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, I will pick up with Susan and then Ken and maybe Alyssa if we can get all three on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, let's see if we can make it to the phone lines. Not line number four with Susan. Line number four with Susan. Susan, are you there? Yes. Yes. Hi. How can we you. help you? Um, I am. Uh, I understand that it's um, it's actually predicted, isn't it? Predicted somewhere in the Old Testament that a uh, a nation would be created in a day, and um, didn't the Zionists uh, help in the creation of the, the fulfillment of that prophecy that happened May 14th, 1948? I actually don't actually believe that. Um, I, I know it's convenient to use that, that term, but um, I actually don't believe that. I believe the prophecy back there is about the kingdom of God in the person of Christ. I do not believe that. The nation of is uh, the Zionist nation, which you talk about, which is a long conversation that we could have as to the way right. they framed that whole event, because uh, it's supposed to be miraculous. It was supposed to be supernatural, uh, and that's storytelling. That's exactly what goes on. But the whole story definitely needs to be told. And you know, our dear uh, brothers and sisters in Palestine who are being completely minimalized. When in fact they are, there are more Christians in that element going all the way back to Christ than um, than would be in the Zionist system, and we don't hear that in our media. We don't hear fair and balanced. We don't hear who are the Palestinians. Um, what is their history? Um, when the Zionists went in there, they basically went in there with forerunners and told everybody, "We found a land without people, and a people without land." The Jews who were dispersed abroad after the um, Holocaust were people without a land. And the Zionists went over there and they came back and said, there's a land without a people. But there were people there already. So how do you say there's a land without a people unless you're minimizing them and eradicating them even before you, you enter to the land? Big conversation. And this is the problem with American media. We don't want to hear both sides of the story. But your Bible says very plainly, he that speaketh before he hears the whole matter, it's folly and shame to him. This is why I explained that side of the story, because I hate half-truths, because that's the way the devil works. Now, I know it's not cute and nice, because we've been spoon-fed a Zionist interpretation of what's going on since 1917, 1927, 19. 47, 19, 67, I know, but one of the reasons why all of this chaos is going on over there now is because we haven't been dealing with the truth. And when we can begin to really deal with the truth, and you need you need people from being on the ground. I mean, good Jewish brothers and sisters who actually know that there's something wrong. And they're speaking out loud, and you won't hear them in our media because that's the third rail. So maybe in a new year, God will facilitate some of that among us so that ignorant Christians who are Zionists promoting uh, and supporting something that really does have some really problematic elements going on with it can stop stop doing that because we really need to be doing it the biblical way. 
I really appreciate your thoughts on that, Susan. We're coming up close to uh, the end of the uh, show, but in the new year, we're going to be off for two weeks. In the new year, please call me back. Let's go to line two and talk with Ken briefly. Ken, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Pastor Jesse. By the way, your broadcast has an echo. It makes it hard to hear. This has been the sec uh, second week in a row, so you might check uh, that out. So, yeah, like right now, is it echoing now? Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. Anyhow, what's going on? What's your thoughts? Okay, so um, I attend an evangelical church, and they believe the Bible prophecies about Israel were, you know, supported by the Zionists. Also, cite the fact that Israel's never lost a war; they could do no wrong. So, how can the person advise them of the Zionist efforts in the last two centuries? You were talking about some of it. I can, I can, if you give me your email address, I can load you with all kinds of material by which people can stop, you know, telling half truths and uh, and discover real people both on the Palestinian side <clears throat> and on the Israeli side. They're, the people that live there really know what's going on, like the myth that it's a democracy. It's not a democracy. Uh, there are plenty of good people over there that know that this is a multi-tiered system, and if you ain't Jewish, you ain't much. It's a really sad scenario. That's why they want to get rid of Bibi, because he is definitely at the top of the food chain around Zionism and, uh, and here in America. They just, our Senate just, passed a, um, a, an agreement that if you are anti-Zionist, you are anti-Jewish. Uh, and nothing can be further from the truth unless you want unless you want Jews who are against Zionism to also be anti-Semitic. Uh, this is the same trope that went down with Black Lives Matter. This is why I say be very careful of the rhetoric. How can I, as a Black person, be against Black people because I'm against Black Lives Matter? That kind of empty circular rhetoric is an indication that we're trying to cover something up. It's not good. Uh, at some point, we might have a conversation around the history of our Jewish brothers and sisters without being flagged and, and penalized and, 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 and beat down. It's a good thing that I'm African-American because if I was one of my Caucasian white brothers, they just want to throw me under the jail. But I, I've been through the kind of racist, you know, discriminatory component. That's why I can smell it a million miles away. And, and it's not right. And my, my Caucasian brothers who are part of the Zionist movement uh, we're all up in arms with Black Lives Matter, but now all of a sudden they're ready to promote uh, an ethnocentric system that fundamentally denies everything about what our Bible teaches concerning Yeshua, you know, Hashim, Mashiach, Jesus, Christo, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is ironic to me that, you know, we would be supporting something that fundamentally rejects everything the New Testament teaches. And I'm willing to debate any pastor around premillennial dispensational eschatology to, to demonstrate that there are holes in that system that conveniently allow them to communicate that as if it is the God honest truth when there are a lot of problems with that system. And namely, it's ethnocentric and uh, Christless in its eschatological framework. Um, that's convenient for our Jewish brothers who hold to an eschatology that fundamentally rejects Jesus, but that's not the role of the church to support a Christless eschatology. Uh, but this gets way up into big business. This gets way up into the money era. People way more important than me uh, struggle with these, these matters. I'm glad I'm just a little peon talking about it 
on the ground, uh, you know, and it's just basically because, you know, I see some of the things that went on 20 years ago, just went on with the COVID thing and we're, we're dealing with it now. And I, I think we should not let our Palestinian brothers and sisters who have been Muslim, who have been Jewish and who have been Christian for almost 2000 years living together just fine, just fine until, until the state of Israel came into play with their greater Israel agenda. There's a lot of dark stuff, but it's GBC Hayward at gmail.com. GBC Hayward at gmail.com. I'll send you the information, Ken. You can bone up and then you can share it, share it with your congregation. But they're not they're not gonna turn because you know they're they're entrenched. And it's okay. This is this doesn't constitute, you know, whether or not we're saved or not. But it does constitute whether or not we are complicit in something that does not really comport with the total of scripture. And uh, that conversation needs to be had with really good scholarly men uh, and not be one-sided like COVID was. COVID was a one-sided argument with Fauci at the head and none of our good doctors and scientists were able to say one thing about the wickedness that was perpetrated on Americans and the world by that scam. And, and, and here we are now, you know, facing something else and particularly with the church. The church is falling down. It should be investigated. It should be doing the hard work. The Palestinians are real people, just like you and I. All right, we got to end the program. We're going to be gone for two weeks. Gone for two weeks, and then we'll be back, Lord willing. You can visit us at Grace Bible Church in Hayward if you want to. No Friday studies for two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord give you his shalom, his peace, in the person of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.